2020, the year of the gaslighting. Let's get into how people are canceling themselves. It's the Adrian Slade Show. The presidential motorcade has just passed through heavy crowds in downtown Dallas. Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's the Adrian Slade Show. Headline, New York Post. Professor Jessica Krug admits she lied about being black. I cancel myself. Seriously. Let's read a little bit of this this, uh, deep reckoning, this article on deep reckoning here. Despite publicly living as a black woman for years, George Washington University associate professor Jessica Krug admitted Thursday that she is actually a culture leech who is white. For the better part of my adult life, every move I've made, every relationship I've formed has been rooted in the napalm toxic soil of lies. Krug, who is 38, writes in a brief but life-shattering medium post titled The Truth and the Anti-Black Violence of My Lies. The self-proclaimed historian of politics, ideas, and cultural practices in Africa and the African dysphoria goes on to detail a lengthy trail of public deception. To an escalating degree over my adult life, I have eschewed my lived experience as a white Jewish child in suburban Kansas City under various assumed identities within blackness that I had no right to claim. First, North African blackness, and then U.S.-rooted blackness, then Caribbean-rooted Bronx blackness, she says. I have built my life on a violent anti-black lie, and I have lived in every breath I have taken. Krug has a PhD and is author of the book Fugitive Modernities, Kasama and the Freedom, uh, the Politics of Freedom, which interrogates the political practices and discourses though, uh, through which those who fled from slavery and the violence of the slave trade in Angola forged coherent political communities outside of and in opposition to state politics. That's from her George Washington University faculty profile. She has not lived a double life, she claims, as she has no other life beyond the lie that she has been living. There is no parallel form of my adulthood connected to white people or a white community or an alternative white identity. I have lived this lie fully, completely, with no exit plan or strategy, Krug writes. I have no identity outside of this. I have never developed one. While she blames childhood trauma, for planting seeds of race appropriation. She at no point asks for forgiveness or attempts to justify her choices, but instead eviscerates her decisions and admits she has no idea how to move forward. Mental health issues likely explain why I assumed a false identity initially as a youth and why I continued to develop it for such a long time, she writes. When I was a teenager fleeing trauma, I could just run away to a new place and become a new person, but this isn't trauma that anyone imposed on me. This is a harm that I've enacted onto so many others. There is nowhere to run. I have ended the life I had no right to live in the first place. Now, this seems to be a a kind of a trend within academia and within activism. You know, Rachel Dolezal, right? She NAACP head of some uh, chapter. Sean King. Sean King who's out there basically saying we just need to dox all the police officers that were involved in uh, shootings in Portland and and maintaining order. Uh, Yeah, but they're all white. (laughs) 
<laughs> they all pretend to be black and they all want to be leaders of the Black Lives Matter movement. <laughs> it's, it's seriously unbelievable. But the craziest part of all this is how they're using, and we've known this for a while, but it's just been in full plain sight, how they're using and exploiting racism that we've moved on. I mean, I remember back in the day, back in my own neighborhood, back in the 80s, there were places that black people wouldn't go. There were places white people wouldn't go. But over time, I watched those places fall. I watched those communities grow together to accept each other. I watched as communities that there was a community down across the Carolina border that had a sign that basically said, if you're black, you better not be here after sundown. That was in the 80s. Guess what? Black people live there now. They work together with white people. But now we're going to backtrack and just roll back into racism land and rejoin all of this by gaslighting. And what do I mean by gaslighting? Gaslighting is where you take a false premise and then you amplify the false premise. You get the news media to talk about it all the time. You get entertainment celebrities to jump in and talk about it all the time. Everybody's on the same page. Everybody's fighting for the same false narrative. We're going to see that with the NFL. They're going to paint, uh, paint the end zones with BLM. They're going to have the name of black people that were killed by cops, you know, inadvertently or, or unjustly. That's going to be on their helmets and on their jerseys or what have you. They're going to do all of this to gaslight you. And if 2020 hasn't been the gaslighting year of the century, I don't know what has. They gaslit us with the pandemic Lockdown, 15 days to flatten the curve. Target's talking about it in their commercials. Old Navy's talking about it in their commercials. We get the news media talking about it all the time. NBC Nightly News, they're reporting with mask on. The, the news anchors are sitting there with mask on. And, and this is after they told us not to wear masks for, for the first two months of the pandemic, which was probably the height of that pandemic because it was still flu season. But as it gets really warm outside and, you know, fresh, hot, humid air has a big impact on the on the coronavirus, we're suddenly now masking up. But that's the gaslight campaign that we've had. Then that gaslighting campaign shifted to George Floyd and how he had to burn down all the stat uh, all the cities and topple all the statues. Then we had, you know, pallets of bricks strategically placed throughout the city. Bottles of gasoline strewn about the city, just ready to be lit. And we're toppling statues and, and we're, we're doing all this insane stuff. And suddenly the gaslighting of lockdown being stuck in your home because we got to wait till a vaccine, which it evolved quite a bit. If you think about it, it evolved from 15 days to flatten the curb to, ah, we got to stay in our homes until we get an actual vaccine. Well, that all went out the window and then magically we were gaslighted to go back. And then we're now being gaslit over this uh, Jacob Blake guy who was a rapist. Uh, was actually, actually broke in the lady's house, was drunk, stand, standing over top of her, starts doing inappropriate things with her. She calls the police. The guy steals her car. And then, I, like I said back on a couple podcasts earlier, he survives the taser. So the whole shoot him in the knee, shoot him in the leg thing is kind of out the window 
You know, now you got to use force when the guy's going for a weapon. And that's what they did. But now we've been gaslit to think injustice is everywhere. And so they keep playing on the racism and they keep inflaming the racism. But then we've gotten all these fraudulent idiots who were supporting leftist activism and grifting into those sectors by pretending they're white or, or white people pretending they're black. And now they're coming out and looking like fools. And so we have Joe Biden. He goes to uh, was it Wisconsin. He goes up there to speak. And then he, he kind of alludes to the fact that a black man invented the light bulb, not a white guy named Thomas Edison. Listen to this. We got to, for example, why in God's name don't we teach history in history classes? A black man invented the light bulb, not a white guy named Edison. Okay? There's so much. Did anybody know before what recently happened? That black Wall Street in Oklahoma was burned to the ground? Anybody know these things? We act because we don't teach them. We got to give people facts. Teach them what's out there. Uh, So a black guy invented the light bulb. Was that Corn Pop? Did he invent the light bulb? Or was it George Westinghouse Carver? Did he? (laughs) George Westinghouse Carver invented the light bulb. Actually, what he's talking about is a black inventor, Louis Latimer. Now, what did Louis Latimer do? He didn't invent the light bulb. (laughs) The light bulb was invented by Thomas Edison. But the innovation used to create longer-lasting light bulbs with a carbon filament came from an African-American inventor, Louis Latimer. That's at history.com. So that's who, uh, you know, Lunchbox Joe, Lunch Bucket Joe, that's what he was talking about. Because he has to inflame the racism. He has to prop it up. Then he talks about Black Wall Street. Um, That was the KKK that burned down Black Wall Street. And that KKK back in 1921 was actually the Democrats. They were involved with it. And hat tip Wayne Dupree on this. He has this on his website. In 1921, the Greenwood District in Tulsa was a community of 15,000 black people, a small city within a segregated city. They were, wor- they were working people. Those who had fled the, slave, uh, the slave-like chains of sharecropping, veterans back in World War I, as well as doctors and lawyers and business owners, some called it the Black Wall Street. The white racist of Tulsa hated Greenwood and the powers openly expressed a desire to drive the black people out. On May 31st, 1921, a black shoe shiner named Dick Rowland rode an elevator operated by a white woman. When the elevator reached the lobby, some people allegedly heard the woman scream and saw Rowland run from the scene. No charges were ever filed against Rowland, but he was arrested and taken to the county jail. The next morning, the headline and the Tulsa Tribune screamed out to lynch Negro tonight. That night, a white mob of 2,000 descended on the courthouse, intent on lynching Roland. But then a group of black men, some in World War I military uniforms, marched from Greenwood, uh, courageously confronting the lynch mob. Shots were exchanged, and the black men, greatly outnumbered, retreated to Greenwood. And that's where the incident basically took a turn for the worst. 
and they burn down Black Wall Street. But that's that's the thing is we they retcon history. Yeah, KKK aligned with the Democrat Party. They don't get the blame. Oh, it was just white people. And Corn Pop Lunchbox Joe is out there basically telling lies because he's trying to gain a foothold with the African-American community, the black community, who is, believe it or not, really siding with Donald Trump right now. And they know it. So they have to gaslight again. And the gaslighting is that Trump is a racist, so you need to vote for Joe Biden. And there's a bigger reason why they do all of this. The bigger reason is because they want to uh, destroy capitalism. I mean, look at this. This is from the APA, the American Psychological Association. Every institution in America is born from the blood of white supremacist ideology and capitalism. And that's the disease. A new manifesto from the APA, the guild that controls the education and licensing of almost all clinical psychologists in America. Yeah, they wrote that. <laughs> Listen to this garbage. I mean, they, it's amazing what they're willing to do to destroy capitalism. It's amazing the links that they will go. The fact that they will have to uh, step over sanity just so that they can turn around and you know, blame capitalism because that's the true target of all this. It's not getting rid of racism. It's the destruction of the Western culture. Yeah, the APA calls for, this is from the APA.org, calls for true systemic change in U.S. culture. The association is working to dismantle institutional racism over the long term, including within APA and psychology. Police brutality may be what sparked a wave of protest across the United States and beyond, but the racism pandemic, a term used by APA President Sandra Schulman, Ph.D., for the ongoing harm caused by racism runs far deeper. Today's inequities, psychologists say, are deeply rooted in our past and the status quo is no longer acceptable. Every institution in America is born from the blood of white supremacist ideology and capitalism. And that's the disease, says Theopia Jackson, Ph.D., president of the Association of Black Psychologists. Across the country, there's talk about what it would take, what it, what it would tr take to achieve true systemic change, psychological research, treatment, and leadership can and should be the key and part of the solution. But that requires taking a hard look at how the field has overlooked and even perpetrated racial injustice in the past, psychologists say. The APA is addressing the issue on three levels by broadly communicating psychological science on basis of uh, on bias and racism, including through media interviews, blogs, and podcasts, by developing, developing actionable recommendations through the APA Presidential Task Force related to racial disparities in policing and police-citizen encounters, particularly related to black communities, and by working to dismantle the institutional racism over the long term, including with APA and the field of psychology. Isn't it funny how racism is what needs to be stamped out, but it needs to be capitalism that needs to be destroyed because that's where racism is systemically built. Isn't it funny how climate change has to, uh, has to be of a big concern because we only have 10 years left and we got to make all these changes and it always affects capitalism. 
It's, it's the same craziness that when you see the BLM marches, they're always talking about trans people and destruction of Israel and promotion of Palestine. It's because none of these things, none of these causes mean what they say they mean on the surface. None of the language they use mean what it says. When they say white supremacy, they're saying Christian. They're saying Western culture. And so you have to remember those key terms. You don't see them talk about the uh, Spanish takeover of Mexico. It's only about America. It's always about white Europeans came over and took America. What about Mexico? Oh, well, you know, the Mexicans should be given California back. Oh, wait a minute. Let's follow the line. Spain came over and took Mexico, and then Mexico wants to take California, and we should give California back to Mexico because Mexico, Mexicans are indigenous. What about the Mayans? What about the Aztec? You know, they don't talk about how these Indian tribes migrated across the Bering Strait. All of these lands were not claimed by anybody. And in America, the land wasn't considered property. They they were nomads. I mean, we could go on and on about it, but when they build the, when they, when they get to the foundation and say that it's systemic racism that was built upon, this country was built upon. That's the lie. Because really, we, coming from Europe, we brought that culture with us, the slavery. We brought that with us. And what do we do we get here? As we start building a new nation and totally throwing off the trappings of the monarchy and the mindset and worldview of a monarchical uh, system that's infused with the, the church, well, what did we do? We ended up fighting for a new republic idea that has nothing to do with the old ways of thinking. And in doing so, we over time eradicated slavery. We were the ones that spent the time. Now, it wasn't going to happen quickly, but we got it done. And now we're pushing everybody back into those corners only because they want to destroy America. This is Adrian Slade. So now we know that the NBA is all about fighting racism and, you know, from the, uh, the days of slavery, systemic racism. But they're also really cozy with China. LeBron James couldn't even denounce China. Uh, remember, one of the coaches actually <laughs> was forced to uh, denounce China. I'm sorry, I meant, wasn't there a coach that was forced to praise China? So they, they don't check, they don't notice the slavery of the Uyghurs that we covered not too long ago. You know, the Chinese Muslims, they're shaving their heads and taking them off to camps. Well, there's some more things going on in China, and you won't hear the NBA or Harvard or anyone else related to China uh, cover this. Look at this. After Tibet, China sets its eyes on Inner Mongolia launching a campaign to replace Mongolian language teaching with Chinese. Again, public black, uh, backlash erupted with protested school boycotts across the province. See, they're doing what we're doing here. They're replacing history. They're rep- replacing the language. They're doing whatever they can to change the culture in areas that they want 
control of. Hong Kong, they want to put them back into Chinese, uh, you know, under Chinese law and, and the oppression of the communist Chinese government. And now they're going to start getting rid of, of, of the Mongolian culture. They're going to replace it with Chinese language. And that's what we're doing here. I think we need to keep our eyes on China and make sure that we're not going down the same path because the media is basically parroting Chinese talking points. Uh, we've got Chinese influence in our universities, especially Harvard. You also have Chinese infiltration of international business. They want Huawei 5G networks in America. Huawei is their Apple, Chinese Apple. Uh, TikTok has been, you know, a viral, fanatical, popular trending social media app that is owned by Chinese, uh, the Chinese government, basically, because that's how Chinese business operates. China owns portions of your business if you're going to operate in China. And when they start using those, those arms of their communist government to influence America, we have to watch what they're doing in their country because what we're doing is mimicking exactly what China's doing. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. You can listen to the podcast on any podcast platform available. You can listen to us on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker, Overcast, wherever podcasts are held. Please subscribe to the podcast and give us a good review. It's going to help us be more visible on the podcast platforms. You can also find us on the Roku channel. Uh, Look for the Adrian Slade Show Roku channel in your streaming store. And also donate, anchor.fm. You can leave us a message at, uh, you know, at anchor.fm if you'd like to be on the program. And we'll see you guys next time. God bless.